0: The last one standing, two hands in the air. I'm a champion. You'll be looking up at me when it's over. I live for the battle. I'm a soldier. Yeah, I'm a fighter like Rocky. Put your flag on your back like Ali. Yeah, I'm the greatest. I'm stronger. Bet my dues can't lose. i my
1: own. Ya.
2: Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. I'm Swizz. Hey. And. Uh, Thank you for joining us. This is the Balls of Steel special and it's because it's brought to you by Manscaped and obviously Jack Steel causing a lot of dilemmas this week as well. Chris, are you joining us from some, is that a background or are you some, in some weird obscure place
1: today? <laughs> I'm in Sydney. This is my uh, hotel suite. Uh, I'm staying in Parramatta tonight for um, for work <laughs> for the next luck. three days. So yeah, so hopefully there's no drive-by shooting at my gym tomorrow morning, which should be good. Um no nah, it's uh yeah this obviously here for work i mean this looks like uh i am a star right with all this lighting this this rig that i've got going on i mean you know just got to love it
2: i was jealous when you said you're in sydney until you said <laughs> parramatta <laughs> and i'm like oh you couldn't pay me enough to go there um sweet so nah, are you today It's
1: actually pretty good it's like the size of brisbane <laughs> parramatta is a so reminds of, me of home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very mate, nice. I'm, anyway, Swiss, mate, I'm good? good. I'm good, mate. You know, Tigers had a win on the weekend. Things are going good. Told you, I buddy branched out to NFL Super Coach for for keeper leagues this year. Just joined one today, so uh, I'm I'm going to be trying to juggle my AFL and my and my NFL research all this week. But um, yeah, mate, no, it's flying along.
2: There you go. If you have any uh, NFL tips, Swizz, what's your handle again?
0: Yeah, Swiss 26 Thanks to everybody who caught in contact this week with the Q and A and questions and that. And, uh, yeah, I was nearly buddy trending this week after my, uh, dual position, uh, comment about Patrick Cripps getting ruck status. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, feel free to, uh, get in touch.
2: Yep. Any NFL tips go there. But before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, also all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. Get on there and get aboard. Uh, and on the YouTube, Chris.
1: Uh, yeah, search for a Supercoach Insider. And, uh, Look, guys, I think uh, I should probably start by saying uh, I have one Super Coach this week because I I think I beat you guys again. You um, two gorn owners, you. <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: Chris, listen will, to it. Listen to him.
1: Do not. I do not Trump. I to start. I have to start with that. That's a lead in. No, you don't,
2: excuse me, Chris, you do not start with that because today, support for Supercatch Insider is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in the men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineers, tools for your family, jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide. Yes, in case you missed that last week, that's 8 million balls. Um, join us, 20% off. We've got our packages, we've got all of our kits going on. Chris would have taken it down there with him because. Uh, actually maybe not because he would have done it before he left her so his missus make sure it's all tidy. I, le-
1: I legitimately did do it before I left. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why you travel. Like I'm not, not with my partner, not with anyone, but I felt like I needed to, yeah, I've got I gotta prepare myself to travel for three days of my own. It's very Well, you strange, know why, Chris? It's because you are
2: you're a you're a dick and when you manscape you're an even bigger dick. Um <laughs> anyway, S. SC, sc insider one hundred, go to manscaped.com, get your twenty percent off, including free shipping worldwide. Join us and thank you for everyone that has joined us and hit us up and use that last week. Um manscaped.com, thank it's you very much. And before, I'm also I'm also having my splash oh, because oh, man, you to, where's my... Yeah,
1: I keep drinking the
2: Seriously? orange. I keep drinking. Every time you've seen Dude, me for the last month, I reckon I've some. been having
1: You well, just yeah, hurry smash up, mate, the watermelon one I want the orange and passion fruit. But Swiss, oh, I have a question for you, mate. Did you shave the, uh, you know, the goods? Did you, did you, did you get all up in oh, it? Oh, did you, you did use you, it? Not just on a, a session. Did you have a session with yourself? Is
0: it? I leave the session to yourself for you, for you up there in Parramatta, mate. What happens in Paris stays in Paris. No, it's
1: a very good mate.
0: a very good product. let uh, we'll talk up Manscaped. Yeah, mate, very good product and that. So yeah, everybody get on twenty percent. A discount Swiss. if you go through us.
2: What happens in para stays in the family, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's, Thank God nobody let's get from on Sydney there. Chris, this show. we do need to let Chris toot his own horn a little bit. Apart from the fact that Chris didn't get gone, and I did after his – I was tooting my horn 167 or whatever he went or 170. I was like, yeehaw, and Chris is like considering getting him. He completely ignored him, so we have to give Chris his dues – but also, you traded out another person that is a hot topic this week, Chris. So tell everyone how good you are. You got one
1: minute. Oh, mate. I also traded out Canelio this week. And you, I love, you know what? You guys were complaining in the chat so hardcore. And I'm sitting there just like, oh, like Dr. Evil, like, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. Um, after all week of being like, nah, Butters is gone. Butters is out of my team. Butters couldn't go and get, I decided I would go the other way and go, you know what, Butters is great. Butters is amazing. He's playing north. He's got to be at least just score 100. He's only got 105 break even. I think he got what, 104. So um, I looked at uh, Canelio and Canelio was going to go regardless. And I needed to trade around 12 player. Um, the risk with trading Canelio is that McVeigh plays him in a different role. So, But I just didn't think that I would want to wait Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I really got only until round twelve to make the decision to get rid of him, and I had to get rid of a round twelve by player. Um, so I decided I'd trade him because the other option was trading Nick Martin, but that was probably a week early, and now it's probably the right time to trade Nick Martin, or it could be you could wait on him, but it was either him or him. I thought, look, worst case with Zach Butters, is it, he can be an M S you know a swing man loophole on on your bench. I just don't have the same confidence with Cornelio. If he's not playing a midfield role, he's not going to be viable even as a loop player. So just for not more chance of him dropping poorer scores, more, more chance of his – he was also 30K more and pretty much peak price. Like I felt like I don't see him making much more money. I'm pretty confident I can cash him out. The other benefit was with that extra money, I could also get to the next player. I could get to Clary that little bit easier. Um, which was my obvious, my trade in target, uh, so yeah, it just it just made it everything just worked a little bit easier with Keenlyon te- out of the team as opposed to um, Butters, uh, and that's the way I went. So I, I suppose I got look, I got lucky, but all of the justification was there, like the thought process was there. If it was role, at least Butters still has the role. He's playing like shit, but I've got a long term plan to still maintain Butters regardless. But one of them had to go, and I just went with the uh, the road less traveled, and got kissed on the fucking dick. So <laughs> it,
2: <you laughs> know what it really
1: was. It was probably because I have manscaped for the last two weeks, and so now I am getting kissed on the dick. But before that, I was uh, not. So what I'm shameless. saying is, manscaped will do it for you. <laughs>
2: Oh, shameless. Um, hey. Also, um, also shout out here. I'm with uh, Jock Supercoach, um, Jock Reynolds Supercoach boys, tomorrow night doing some of the uh, mailbag. So you boys will miss out on that. They're also on the uh, Manscaped wagon. I didn't realize that until I saw some of their promos. So there you go. But obviously, SC Insider 100 is the code you want to use. <laughs> fuck, those, fuck those boys. Um, but, uh, look, listen the, the, to, listen to Ben
0: leave, leaving the group and doing his own solo projects. And that. We knew, yeah, the, I we knew what, the time I, I would come. Them. Lead singer, hey,
2: next week ship, it comes gets out. It's the
0: big it's deal. Ben and the super cider boys. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, Swizz, mate. First, last
2: one, in, first one out, Swiss. last one in, first one out, Swizz. Last <laughs> one in, first one out, Swizz. I'll just,
0: I'll just stay here as the drummer behind the behind the scenes, <laughs> and that. Yeah, let you have all the credit, you know.
2: I love it. Hey, yeah, you should be lucky. You even, we're even letting you see your face there. Swiss.
0: <laughs> um we, we've we've you've anyway. managed to blow Chris out today. So you know we're fucking we're on the chopping blocks here. We, we know there's a few people yeah. trying to buddy snipe us and take our spots. So
2: who? No one. No one's got the balls <laughs> to stick with us. Um, anyway, All so right. it is. It's those shaven we do balls. We do need to start mate? landing our train a little bit here. So Chris has been extremely lucky and extremely fortunate. Um, this week, particularly, um, and there's one thing I do need to mention, Chris. Sorry, rounding our plane here, Cornelia, I didn't even, I wasn't even in the chat talking about how bad Cornelia was because I was just focusing on Whitfield. <laughs> I didn't even realize how bad Cornelia was. I was like looking at Whitfield's score, I'm like, man, how much does Whitfield suck? Oh. And then I had a look at, I had a look at final scores, and I was like. Oh, my gosh, Cornelia is actually worse than Whitfield. So I didn't even notice is that. Is Cicely still
1: 450K? Because I'd, I'd like to sideways Luke Ryan to him. if Anyone.
2: Oh, <laughs> Cicely is $150,000 more, which brings us into Cicely. I'll get your opinion here because for me, Cicely is $150,000 more. He's basically 600 now, right? There's no point in you paying that amount of money for a guy who is now 46% owned because everyone else got him either at basement price or on the way to being still cheap and relevant. Did you agree with me here? Cause I, with me, I'm I kind of hoping like no. I know he's, I, I don't want to pay 600 just to kind of negate someone that everyone has. I'd hope that he gets injured or gets COVID or something. And then that kind of helps break the mold in back in someone else, or you well, just I pay up that, and try and negate.
1: I think you pay up if it suits your team. I mean, the, the benefit of Sicily he's one of the only decent uh, round 14 premium defenders. Um, so, I mean, most, most good defenders are in the round 12 or 13 buy. So, the, uh, what the round 14 really has what? Jack Crisp, maybe Pendles, Zorko, and that's it, Sicily. So, yeah. um, I can understand why you go for him because a lot of teams are trying to now get in those plays. So he's still a viable target because he has that buy. Those other two buys, really hard to navigate from a defense purpose because even the rookies that most people have, McCartan and SDK, they're both also round 13. So they're not going to be able to provide cover in that round 13 either. So if you're loaded up on there, if you've got Dawson, if you've got Stewart, if you've got Within, et cetera, then you're really going to struggle to try and you know, complement those guys. However, you can bring in Sicily. He covers you through those buys and you probably only have, I'd probably say most people only have the one round 14 guy in you know Jackie Crisp. So all um, similar. Um, And then the guys that they want to upgrade to, a lot of guys, you know, still looking to upgrade to Doherty, still looking to if they don't have Hewitt, they're upgrading to Hewitt. Um, They're probably not getting Whitfield because Whitfield sucks. (laughs) Um, uh, There's also, you know, Jack Sinclair, like, you know, he could be back on the radar now with steel out for six to eight weeks. So people have these round 12 guys that they're not going to be trained to right now, but they could look at a round 14 guy. They could still look at the round thirteen guys if they if it suits them, but I just don't think that many people have the team to be able to complement that unless they've held Dake or Sislong and he can carry them through, etc. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't mind Sicily. I mean, the the the, the I, it's nothing against him as a player. It's still that the only real reason you still don't like Sicily at six hundred k or at any price is the same reason. It's just because yeah you know, his body history, his role history. Um, that that's really the only thing. The thing. The difference is this year. Well, obviously, Clarko is not Sam Mitchell. So, and Sam Mitchell's to this to so far hasn't. Has he's he's been tempted. He's had guys go down the forward line and hasn't touched the role of James Isley. So that seems to at this point, fingers crossed. Um, it seems to appease that side of things. And we've we saw Sicily average 108 in years where he was thrown forward at, for a full game and got a you know what I think it was a 43 or something stupid you know so his average he can actually average that 110 plus if he maintains that behind the ball role so his body wise you know he hasn't shown anything there or, or any repercussions from his recovery um, and he hasn't thrown a punch in anyone so far so I mean I, I kind of feel like why wouldn't you Like, if I had, if I could get him in my team, if I had 600K for a defender, yeah, sure. Why wouldn't I? I'd still like to. My problem is my last defensive upgrade, I've got a sideways from Ryan, which means I've got to sideways him out of a round 14 by player anyway. And I can't get Sicily because I'm just losing a week's value. So he doesn't suit my team, but I can completely understand a lot of people looking at James Sicily and saying, yep, that's the guy I want.
2: I just hate overpaying, you know me. Oh, I'll go down in spite, <laughs> Aaron totally Hall. <laughs> Damn you, Aaron Hall. I will go down in spite. Um,
0: Mate, he looked uh, so good on the weekend. Like Lynch. I know. Lynch, that's the it, problem. It's funny because it, it, it'd get kicked there and either Sicily takes an intercept mark or Lynch takes a mark and kicks a goal. And that it was, you, you couldn't nearly give both of them votes because Sicily absolutely dominated and we we're kind of lucky Sicily didn't go 200 because he was killing it. At the same time, we're well, lucky Tom Lynch didn't go two hundred because he was killing it as well. as it was a very weird um, matchup on both of them, but they both really dominated the game.
2: All right, yeah. Let's move on to rookies because today oh, I'm just, just going to break. It should down.
1: I uh, live on stream? Just uh, order a nice little drink up here, or what's what's that about? Room room service? <laughs> yeah, until they the knock on the and door
2: and <laughs> oh yes. Um, I'm just gonna crack open a Kju crush here while I am. Um let's go. Basically today we're gonna break it down and go rookies because uh just a couple that we need to touch on on which you're going which way you're gonna go. And then basically it becomes down to the uh we've already touched on Cornelio, but it's like, well, where would you go? So those round 12 by plays, I think it's very relevant. Whether you try and move now and hit and hope, whether you kind of just hold the forward a little bit so that way you wait for those changes to come in and then move. And the other one is obviously looking at steel and looking at replacements for him. Uh, heavily owned player, I think it was like 35% or around that. About. So, there are a lot of people that are looking to get off, um, and also get off steel. So, there you go, double on top <laughs> right. The, I love it. Okay, so looking at Greg Clark is 117,000. Um, he went, I think it was about a 60-odd, just on one gone here. He's 52, predicted. Yeah, so he is predicted to make 62 this week, averaging 83, predicted to go up 80,000, which means he is extremely relevant. Um, the trouble that I've had with some people is, you know, where they have steel and they have another issue that kind of needs to fit. And the issue is, is that with, you know, these defender players, you kind of might not have a loophole or you might not have a dual position player to be able to sort of swing in to kind of make it work. How much are you kind of throwing the baby out of the bathwater to make sure you get Greg Clark this week, boys?
0: Do you want to go or do you want me to go, Chris? Here you go, mate. Okay. Um, it's the first trade I did this week when, when Supercoach opened. It was. Uh, it's just a matter of who goes because I've still got Ward, and McDonald sitting there. It really doesn't matter what rookie. you. It's kind of – I think it's your, whatever suits your buy structure best and that, but it could be Rosas does not matter it's a have a look at your buy structure i think what's going to help me clark's going to most likely play through the buys um but yeah he's just a lock and you it's just a decision of who goes out and it's not a question of bringing him in or not
1: yeah i completely agree um however uh if if most and i assume most people listen to our podcast listen to my stupid rants on my team structure and and on this podcast um in that you should have been playing at some point to get Clark in anyway. So it's clear from day one that Clark was going to be a rookie that everyone was going to look at. So your trades from last week and the week before should have reflected knowing that you're going to be bringing Clark in. So you should have been setting yourself up for this, whether or not yep. that meant you held Josh Ward an extra week or you've got a you had a swing. You brought in Rioli last week into the midfield so you can swing him forward and bring Clark in. Whatever else you may do that may have been you should have already set your team up to have Clark. Um, if you didn't, yep. well, then I can understand. Same on you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, look, I actually could even consider, because my my trades even were thrown a little bit sideways when I traded Canelio last week. And my first instinct this week was to trade out uh, Matt Rowe and just go, okay, well, there goes my M8. I'll, I'm happy playing Clark on field at M8. Now, it's worked out we're still going down. I haven't had to do that because I've, I've had a bit of a switch of roosies, but I'll still be um, trying to loophole him from uh, from the bench there. So, um, you know, is he viable on field? That's another question. So a lot of people might have, say, Nick Martin playing there, considering, you know, trading him out again. Nick Martin's got the round 12 buy. He needs to go before the buy unless you somehow have a team that you can manage to, to keep him for that round 12 buy and to play him through the other buys which is viable, but I I feel like if you do that, you probably lose his cash over that time. He's pretty much peak price now. Even if he hits 85 over the next three weeks straight, he he goes up like 1K. Like, What's the real point outside of um, if he's actually on field for you scoring, if you can replace that with Clark, they're probably going to average about the same over the next three, four weeks anyway. So I don't think you're losing much in terms of points, but you are losing in terms of cash on field. So... Um, yeah, definitely something to consider when you're trading uh, in Clark.
2: Yep. And I agree. And that's also why it's worth keeping a boost up your sleeve in case you get an injury and it messes up your plans. So if you have no boost and you kind of have steel and you have other rookies you want to bring in, well then that's just unfortunate for burning through five boosts in the first nine <laughs> rounds. Um, next one is looking at um, Baku Karmas boys. Now, Here's why I'm intrigued. Now, there is another uh, defender from the Dogs that's kind of Cleary, peeking at the door a little bit here. So it's a lot of people are trying to work out whether they go baku, uh, baku or whether they kind of wait a little bit for Cleary. And the thing that I quite like about him is that, number one, I'm just stoked that there's a defender rookie there to actually try and free up some cash. Uh, if it's not to free up cash and you have, say, a De Koning in your defensive line or you have a McCartney in your defensive line, then you can get rid of, say, a a forward that's doing pretty badly and actually move them into your forward line. So I'm looking at doing something like this similarly where I can then get McCartan into my forward line and play him on field instead of, say, a Martin um, because he's good enough to play on field. But then that way I'm looking for any forward or any defender that comes along to be able to downgrade McCartan, downgrade De Koning after they get through the round 12 um, round for me. So Baku interests me. He's 127,000. I know it's, he's a forward player and everything like that, but he has stood out as a forward. And their draw coming up, they have Gold Coast this week and then they play West Coast. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe two rounds on the bubble, maybe it goes okay, and then next week West Coast has a hopefully has a, a better game. Uh, where do you boys sit on Cleary and Baku as far as defender rookies for this week or next?
0: Um, I do like... Buku's game kicked the three goals. Sorry, he uh, had that oh, fifty Buku. free kick against, which who knows why that was paid against him, and then that, re- that and we've all talked about the fifty this week. Um, so yeah, that was what a fourteen point swing. So he could have very easily scored a seventy five this week, um, and those couple. Of, well, the Suns aren't as a soft to kill as they might be, but but up in Ballarat, you know, there's always a chance. But the problem with Ballarat, it's always a hard harder to score. Um, So conditions might not be great for him. West Coast definitely the week after um, could be good. But I I have more questions about how the Bulldogs set up that forward line. Like, you know, we know, I don't think Josh Bruce is coming back that quickly, but you know, there's still questions four to five. So that's not too bad for Buku. Um, You've got Jamara waiting the wings. Um, Darcy played his first full game in the VFL. Uh, So they do have some options depending on how they want they go. Now he did look good. But at the same time, I feel like it could be what happens if he has a bad game? Does he drop back out as skillful as he looks? Um, Where sort of clearly, again, it's like he looked good, but then Tim O'Brien was out of the side um, last week. So what happens when he comes in? And O'Brien obviously is a swing man, so he can play forward and back. So they have some options there, the dogs. Um, Bevo always likes to play the kids, and we've seen that with Scott McNeil and Macomb um, coming in this year, but yeah, it's a kind of job security has me a bit worried. Um, but de- both of them definitely have the potential to, you know, sort of average in that sixty mark. So I'm not completely sold on them just because, yeah, the dogs sort of ins and outs week to week. Um, yeah, and, and how Bevo sort of manages that team sort of keeps me interested. And, and Tim English as well is another part to that. And how does he fit back in? do they play him up forward first week or do they just throw him straight back in the ruck even though he's lost, what was it, 8 to 10 kilograms because of this illness?
2: It was 8 to 10. Um, Touching on O'Brien as well, boys, he's made of glass, which is ironic because (laughs) O'Brien does glass. That that might be your best for the
0: year, Ben. I think that's peak Ben right there, mate. Well done.
2: Um, (laughs) Oh, YouTube people gave me a lot of flack. Chris, don't encourage Ben with his shit takes. true. Um, yeah, obviously,
1: O'Brien's been playing mainly defense. So I don't think that too much is going to impact him. But what I also don't like is his draw. And given that he's only really got four to five weeks to do that, just, just have a th- So after Gold Coast this week, they, he plays West Coast where he'll probably get a pretty tough matchup. Now, unfortunately, West Coast, obviously, you know, there are easy beats. However, the tall defenders actually pretty good. So he's going to be playing on probably McGovern, who probably takes him. Um, one of the better defenders in the league. Brass, obviously, one of the better defenders. Their actual tall defenders are quite good. Um, it's, it, that's not where they get beaten on the ground. So I actually don't like the matchup. Um, yeah, and then you've got... Yeah, with it as well, the GOAT. Um, then you've got mm. Geelong the week after. Obviously, that's not a great matchup, even though he'll probably be taken by SDK, who's actually been playing very, very well. Um, the week after, they've got the Giants, so it's sort of a 50-50 game there. But then they play Hawks with Sicily and then the Lions... Um, yeah, So even the games that he's actually going to be playing in, they're not the greatest games for key forwards. So I don't hate it because I actually really like him as a player and he's shown a lot of grit and determination. He's really good. He, 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 I think his ability to get the uh, ball at the highest point is really, really good. Um, and I think he can go places, but he's still going to be very reliant on goals for scoring. And we've already seen that in his two weeks. I mean, you are right. He had that, you know, that fifty against and the free kick against. I don't think he's the. I'm, I'm on the opinion that I'm going to wait for Cleary. Um, I think he's the better option. If you now, not the problem with obviously Cleary is, you know, what's his short term job security like? What's his long term job security like? I think if he plays well, he stays in the team. But on the flip side, you've also got Rory Thompson that's up, that's on the bubble this week. Um, and then you have the who's the other two defenders that were also named um, Thompson, Kemp. Oh, you mean? Kemp Kemp well, to...
0: Mountford can't, even though he played because he's a no. supplement player. So no, definitely knock him out of it.
1: Corey um, Thompson
0: but, would be
2: wonderful later.
1: Yeah, so there's also another one game rookie. I think Ang- uh, I
0: think it was Angus Dewar, but one, wasn't he a supplement player as well? Uh, oh, Brody Kemp.
1: Yeah, so Kemp Kemp obviously played. Yeah, and, and the, um, the, the good one about one. Kemp
0: is Zach Williams is out to six to eight. So yes. that does free so up another.
1: There's a spot there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in that back line there. Um, I'm a little bit worried as a Doherty owner because um, obviously Sard and uh, Williams you know, taking turns in lockdown. I really hope that doesn't mean that now that rotation goes to Doherty. That would be really shitty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not really interested in, in in that. So please, if you're listening, Michael Voss, please keep Dockery just destroying the ball and, and loving stuff. So, um, but yeah, uh, look, it's not the worst this case. And it doesn't really, uh, one of the benefits is it doesn't really change your buy structure from the guys you're trading out because you're probably trading out either a McCartan or an SDK or someone similar like that. Um, you, there is an option there where you're trading out Dacos, but also something similar. I don't love the Dacos trade out because, again, he, he actually will carry you through those two buys at this point. You may as well hold him. Um, so, yeah, who are you going from? Who are you going to? Some people slab Gipkus. Gipkis. He's obviously got the round 12 buy, so it benefits you to go into that round uh, 13 buy. Um, how many rounds is it between now and um, – so he gets, what, three price two. rises
0: before oh, two price rises?
2: For, uh, so be after round 10 to so- – after round 10, after round 11, after round 12, he'd get three.
1: Yeah, so given his scoring profile, he may go up 70K in that time, let's let's call it. Um, so even if he gets dropped on the way back, you've made a little bit of cash. Uh, You're talking
2: about Buku?
1: Buku.
2: He's relying on goals, but you know why it's good though, Chris? It's because Buku can't miss. He won't miss those goals, mate.
1: I don't get it. Is that, is that supposed to be a pun
2: yeah, that I'm supposed i supposed to get that one, Benny boy he's reliant on goals. He can't, can't miss. miss. Uh can't miss. I, I got it. Man, I got you guys, sorry, oh, low, wow. low brown. Brow. You, you know sound. what? I'm retiring. Here. That's it. I should have retired. I should have retired. <laughs> that's it. Um, and <laughs> my O'Brien jokes while... now. My O'Brien jokes now cooked, boys. Um,
1: so before we, we so move Thompson, on from Vuku, think... um, hold on. Yep. Um, he will not get forward status. So... That's been a rumor going around that he will. He will not because he doesn't meet the game's threshold. So you have to play six games to be eligible and he will only hit five by the cutoff. So he will not be eligible for that forward DPP. So anyone who thinks that that is, or telling you that that is the case, it is incorrect. It is not true, okay? So just uh, just be wary that he will be defender only for the foreseeable future. If he gets to, I think there's another one, what, at round 18 or whatever. If he gets to that, then he'll probably yeah, cool. qualify for that, I assume. It yeah, if he lasts around 18
2: then. in your side, then, yeah, good. Write that down. Um Great, Yes, you? whereas there, there are some players that will make that threshold. So you're looking at Hobbs and a few others should get that forward sort of status, uh, yes. which is something to note particularly later on and moving forward there. Now, boys, Rory Thompson, is he worth a shake or not really?
0: No. He had the exact same stats line as Buddy Morris Rioli, scored 44 points more than him. That that was actually had one more touch. That must have been a really good possession by Rory Thompson. Now, obviously, he took some spoils, and there's probably an intercept mark in there. But he is your genuine key defender who punches. That I don't want anything to do with Rory Thompson.
2: Don't even get me started on Rioli, Swizz. How dare you compare the great Rory Thompson with someone who got seven super coach or whatever it is?
0: Horrible. (laughs) Same stats as Rory Thompson, mate.
2: Oh, I cannot. You Literally, mean Richard Rioli Dan, can get out of my side this week? <laughs> Literally, by structure, be damned. I reckon keeping bloody roses in my team and just punting Rioli one in one out. I'm not even kidding. Um. Anyway, I think that's it for rookies, boys. Next week, anything on the horizon? Um, Stevens was sub, so he's out. Yeah, I actually am not
1: looking to, to trade next week, if I'm honest. i um, looking to trade. Nah, I I, I will be. I, I'll try. It depends on English, really, and. If English is named as sole um, ruck and Martin's not in the team and Sweet's on the team, I will look at bringing him in next week. If he's named with a ruck partner, I'll I'll give it a week. So
2: that's interesting with English though, he, like dro- dropping that much weight because I know a guy as well who had to work so hard to put on weight because he was ectomorph. Like when you look at English and he was drafted, he was so skinny, so light that it's taken him a while to put on weight. And when you're naturally that body type. If you get ill, you drop kilos extremely quickly. So it's not really a surprise that he has actually dropped weight. And it takes you, you know, it might take him a few weeks to, you know, get on the mother the meatloaf, eat the food, yeah. hit, hit some weights, get out to training. Um, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's, oh, that's just crazy how he can just, yeah, drop that weight. Big boy.
1: And his so, break even means you probably don't need to bring him in that week. But... I suppose I'm looking at it like this. The way that I've traded now, I've only really got two rookies on field. One of them is going to be Patrick McCartan. So um, my plan is going to be, he's now in the forward line. I can swing him with SDK and I can trade either Dacos, McCartan, or SDK next week, one of them. Now, if one of them pumps out a poor score, that gives me the ability to pump one of them to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luke Cleary. So I've got the ability to do that. And then I'll have English on field in the forward line. And then I've only got Sam Hayes as my only on field rookie. So it suits my team better to have him long-term. And I've also got the ability to make that call next week. So I probably will make that call um, just because it suits. I mean, the the other thing is the only other forward line players that I would like in my team are probably going to get the DPP additions come round 13 so, or round 12 and I can't bring them into my forward line right now. So it doesn't really make sense for me to pull the trigger on those guys just yet, just because of my team structure. Um, And something that you were looking at, Swizz, and I know we probably want to touch on this is, uh, this is probably a good segue actually, is for steel replacements. Are you looking at bringing in something like a Smith or a Bont into the midfield with the hope that they move forward? Are you looking at doing that now and maybe this week, as opposed to holding off and waiting for the announcement in a couple of weeks, which is... Fought with a little bit of danger, but um, I mean, realistically, they're both not scoring terribly anyway. So it's not the worst thing that can happen if you just, if they just stay mid. So um, yeah, so that's my structure and why I'm do- why I'm looking at doing that. Um, Clear is the one for me for next week. It, I think he's really the only one that I'm looking at. He also, again, he doesn't change my my buy structure in terms of, uh, you know, how many I've got on field because I'm trading like for like for Y round so it just fits my team and my structure and that's why i'm looking at doing that buku also does that by the way but it's more a buy buys me an extra week i get clark this week anyway i don't need to bring two rookies in i am boosting because i got to get rid of steel so i'm going um one down two up or two well one sideways i guess
2: it's interesting we keep talking about Buy structure, by structure, by structure, where everyone's going, what the hell is this buy structure? But this time of year, it is extremely critical to then work out where your liabilities are, particularly for overall. If you're playing for league, then sh- load up, mate. Load up on the – have a look at your opponents. Get if you're not already. sure – Well, yeah, <laughs> but have a look at your opponents and have a look at, you know, who you are playing over those three rounds and work out, you know, what their structure looks like at this current point in time and work out if you – yeah, you know, If it looks like you're going to lose that first round, then cool, load up anyway, because you're already losing that round. So start loading up on those buy-round players. That's what usually I would do in a league situation. As you kind of go through round six, seven, and eight, I'm looking at the opposition going, okay, well, how are my buyer structures looking up as far as the opponents I'm playing? And then all my upgrades are literally shifted towards one so I can then win two out of my three buys. Uh, And then that way you move forward out of it. So uh, it is an extremely relevant situation, particularly for overall, because if you are top heavy and you're trying to work it out on the fly, you're like, oh crap, I don't have 18. And then you're trying to chase like something that's already gone. And then by the time you come out of the buys, which is what I think most of us usually rely on, we kind of, we go, right, what's our rank? Here's the buy rounds. And we're looking to push forward and actually accelerate to come out of the buys further ahead. And if you're not coming out of the buys further ahead, then if you're going for overall, you are doing it wrong. Yep. You want actually to plan look like, to be ahead. Yep. For right sure. now and it that, looks like I'll
1: actually have 18 premiums on field in round fourteen, which is insane. Yes, yeah, so you're like, kind of fucked. 18 premiums on field. Like literally filling For, for in round 14. Yeah, yeah. That's how my that's how I'm structured.
2: Mate, I hate you. You're probably going to overtake me.
0: <laughs> and we've seen in the past, like, unfortunately, like, I think last year or the year before, we were hit with a whole lot of fucking rookies during the bye rounds. And a lot of us couldn't field 18. Um, so you've got to take that into account. Um, looking at kind of your rookies, like McDonald and Ward, they both sort of had their rest. So if they kind of get named this week, better chance that they might play some. But they could always, they're always a chance of getting dropped and as you said the difference between head-to-head and league shout out to a guy that i'm working with at the moment richard and that he was having a look at uh, that same thing today and having a look at his buy matchups unfortunately each week his opponent has loaded up on that week so he's uh, (laughs) (laughs) he's already looking at zero and three through the buys i think so um yeah there's some brutal things but yeah you're in a perfect world if you're a head-to-head player um just playing for for your leagues. You want to come out two and one during the buys.
2: Um uh, speaking of Ward, I'm pretty sure Ward got knocked out. He's out for a week or two, boys. So uh, he had uh, seven touches
1: holding. and then been pretty much didn't touch the ball the second half.
2: Uh Hawks Josh Ward concussion. One to two weeks as of today. So <laughs> that's on the Unlikely. AFL.
0: Let's hope he oh, comes yeah. back. He's gone to Clark anyway, so it's all good.
2: Oh wow. Okay, anyway. Um <laughs> Okay, having a look at that. So this that does tie in with the looking at um, – so at the moment it looks as though that Bailey Smith uh, 37% forward, um, Bonza Pelli 37% forward, Max Gorn's only like 27%, so do not rely on that no at chance. all. No chance at all. Uh, Hobbs I think will get forward status, which is good. Um, is there any other major movers? Um, oh, nah. And Cameron as well, Ruck status with his oh, forward yeah. status, so if you got on him – Chris will probably be looking to move him into that ruck line to get rid of his dodgy ass ruck that keeps scraping him by. Um, so it, it is an interesting question because for me, right, Western Bulldogs also play West Coast next week. So Bonson Pelly, yeah, maybe he'll he'll probably just stay playing forward anyway against West Coast. Bailey Smith is the interesting one. Um, really high ceiling. He has a low break even as well because of his 140 that he just got. So the, the dilemma is, is that okay? Well, if you have steel, right, you could go with Smith. He probably goes okay against the Suns. He probably goes really well against West Coast as that outside running kind of player that, that's hard to shut down anyway. And then he might actually jump up to 575, 580, 50,000 more than what he is now. So I can kind of see the appeal of him jumping early, right? And that kind of ties in with the, you know, there's the Canelio situation, there's the Martin situation. Is it worth it to you? So Swizz will go with you as well. Is it worth taking that risk to bring in a Smith if he's not going to get dpp if something happens right how upset are you if you go early
0: well i'm looking at bringing in bailey smith but not for steel this is part of my canelio trade and so for directly if you were thinking steel to bailey smith i would say no but if you are trying to look at like if you've got like me a loophole that you want to put back in the forward line and i'm bringing bailey smith in as my m8 then i think it's worth Pot the risk because it looks like unless you know Bevo goes full Bevo and just plays him in the midfield all this week and that, which is always a big chance, but I think Bailey Smith, what's he seventeenth overall at the moment, got the ability against West Coast and the Suns to go big again. Um, so he could push himself up that an extra one or two average points and be knocking on the top ten anyway. So it's I think it's one of those calculated risks to go. Well, I'm hoping that he gets the forward status. But as a midfielder, anyway, he's not that far behind the others, and um, that sort of top ten. And he could push the top ten if um, the Bulldogs get on a run, because we know they've struggled early in the year. And you know, on any day, given day, he can pump out a one hundred and thirty or one hundred and forty. So, yeah, I think if you are kind of looking at Canelio or maybe you've got somebody else that you can upgrade as your M8, I don't mind it. But for Jack Steele, I'd be going for a, a uber premium to an uber premium.
1: Yeah, um, I agree with that. I actually really like um, Smith though this week. My I would probably pull that trigger if it's it's so it's so tough. My my team I don't have any any availability at all for any round fourteen round thirteen midfield premium because I already have Laird, so I've already got Laird, Took, uh McRae. So there's three. I also am running Rowell at the moment. And, but Raul is the one that I'm going to be trading at in round 13 likely. So to around 12 premium. So that balances. If I bring in Bailey Smith, I'm, I'm bringing him in to keep, which gives me actually an extra premium that week. Yes, I can move him forward for what purpose that week. That week, I'm going to be moving him forward to be with English and Parker and um, and Dunkley that I already have in the forward line. It just completely screws up my buy, my buy structure. And so I can't bring in, I, I can't bring in him. I can't bring in Bont. Um, I can't bring in, who, who was another round 14 by player that's in there?
2: Oh, it, Heaney's also in the mix as well as Libertore yeah, and, and
1: yeah I can't bring in Dawson. I can't bring in Stewart. Like these are guys that I'm looking at in round 14 to bring in, but I cannot bring them in now. I'm maxed for round, that's my tough buy. And so I think that a lot of teams will have already a substantial amount of these by players. And bringing another one in now, that's the toughest thing. If you can do it, though, I personally think that Bailey Smith is probably the best value uh, upgrade target right now across the entire park. Like he's 520K, low break even. He's got some easy kills coming up. We know that he can rack the ball up. It's not That's not the issue. It's just his really disposal. I love it. I love the fact that he's also got a very pretty decent chance of also going into a DPP forward situation where he could potentially be a top three forward. Like, it's just, it's a great, tra- you're not gonna get another value trading like that. He's, but you're basically getting like a, a Patrick Cripp style value pick for for the forward line. But again, if it doesn't happen, something happens, he plays midfield, you know, two weeks in a row, there's no chance of him getting that. So. There is a risk involved. I'm not saying there's not, but I, I really like the Bailey Smith option moving forward, whether or not that's an upgrade that you're doing, or whether or not it's a Jack Steel trade as a conversion. Either way, if it doesn't affect your buy structure, I really like Bailey Smith. Pete.
2: Yep. Uh, also, after the game, they spoke to him like, "Hey, like, how do you with all the midfielders in the Dogs team? Like, how do you guys figure out who's in the stoppage, etc." And he said, basically, he's tag teaming with another player. So they'll, you know, one will go in, then the other one will go in, and they just keep sort of tag teaming, which does help because that's their role. They already know what their role is. They already know who they're switching with in that midfield, and they pretty much just go like for like. So I think I'm not sure who he's switching with. I maybe think it's it may Liber have or, been
0: Trelaw on Friday night. Oh, maybe it was. May it, yeah. it does alternate per game, but it did seem like Trelaw um, was going in there more than what Smith was. But when, um, yeah, Trelaw obviously usually spends uh, a little bit of time on the bench and then he goes forward and that. So I think that was the game. But then we've seen in previous weeks where it's it's Dunkley or it's Libba. So yeah, it could very, be easily very different this week. But um, I'm kind of still thinking I could back Smith to probably spend a bit more time forward. Um, I I kind of guess it depends on the ins and outs as well uh, and who sort of comes into that mix. Like if English was to come in this week, and they keep sweet, and English plays more forward. Does that knock? Like, is that another restructure they do? Um, you know, the Bulldogs are always up to up in the air every week with their selections because they've had a few injuries, are in and outs each week, and because they've got so many midfielders, um, it kind of it's like Bevo matchup dependent, or sort of how he feels. Or last week it was Collingwood, so Trelaw was up and about for that game, so Trelaw spent more time in it. Um, the Bombers' Dunkley seems to get up and, and play really well against them. So, yeah, it, 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 I think it's a bit match-up dependent.
1: We're also one injury away from Bont being the number one and averaging forward, right? So if that it, one, in, one midfield injury, they'll throw Bont in there full time and then it's game over. You have to get Bont as soon as possible. So keep an eye on that because that could change it and flip at any point in time. And Bond's the sort of guy that I mean, even now he's averaging still not too bad, considering his price has barely dropped. I think he's still five seventy something, so it's not like yeah, it's not like he's a real cheap forward option. But even if that role flips and he starts playing permanent midtime, you're gonna need to jump on him that week because he'll just shoot straight up. Um, so just keep an eye on Bond. Bond's the one that I'm saying I could pro- if they're going to be if the price by the time that that buy rolls around. Is going to be the same. I'm picking Bont over Bailey Smith just for obviously history and and upside. Like yeah, obviously Bailey Smith got current upside, but we know that Bont can go on a stretch of ten games where he averages one thirty plus. Um, and I just can't see that from Bailey Smith even with his upside. So um yeah, someone that I would definitely look to bring in at a priority and that round fourteen.
0: Yeah, I think it's a as you are saying, matchup dependent. I feel like Bont goes better this week. It's the Sands, Ballarat, kind of how the conditions will be. Um, the following week, but Bailey Smith, um, I think that game's in Perth. So the wider wings, um, yeah, West Coast aren't going to have any midfield that's going to have to go with Smith. I feel like that's another 140 150 for him. So at his price, uh, naturally that better break even, the cheaper price, uh, Bont's not going to hurt us as much right now saying that bond's got the ability to come out and smash a 150 160 but i don't feel like bond's going to hurt us as much right now compared to bailey smith if he was to go 140 again this week you know already you're you're missing 30 40k and then you're in that trouble where you're like oh god he's only he's got his buy now in a couple weeks so i'd be jumping on the next week and um, yeah so i I kind of prefer going early on him and waiting for bond to have his buy
2: that's the worst case scenario isn't it? really where he goes well this week and you know he's probably going to tear up on the outside next week and then he's still got one more round before the buy and before you know but he's 580,000 and you're like where did this come from? You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, you know, are you paying 600 for a guy that was just 520? It's just anarchy. So um, very interesting there. And that kind of moves into the other dilemma at the moment boys where with steel and at the moment the stats are kind of saying that people are split uh, as far as the premiums that they're going through, so I think what we'll do is we'll go with okay, talk about the heavily traded in targets for Steel as far as Supercoach currently, and then even rate maybe our top three players that if you had Steel, who would you be kind of looking at? And we'll you know, assume that most people kind of have say, you know Cripps and McRae and Neil, but we'll look for a few of those other uh, outside the box options, um people under sort of you know thirty percent or something to look at. So at this current point in time, when we have a look at well, there's well, um, there's,
0: there's two dominating the percentages.
2: Yeah, so when we have a look at say, you know, coach's choice, ownership, and rounds changed. So outside of the rookies, Petraka is the it's most brought three. in player this week in general, three point three percent as far as a premium. Rory Laird is three point two percent. So he was only well, one. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Led.
2: What a shit he, he is one point. He was he was one point six. He was one point six percent owned, and now he's three point two percent jumping on him this week. So one point five percent
1: opinion, is this that, my big head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say one point five percent to go with your one point five inch. Um, three point two percent bringing in lead this week. Mills is 3%, so fairly evenly distributed. Some people going early on the faith train on Dustin Mutton, 2.6%. Took, one8 Sicily, 1.8%. 1. So there you go, Chris. You're up there with that. Brayshaw, one4 Not too many people have traded out um, steel as of yet. So I think they're going to wait. But for me, boys, lead has to be number one. Callum Mills is number two, more because of price point and his high break even. Um, and then I'm probably looking a little bit more outside the box. I don't mind Petraka, but I think he's already had his uh, a bit of a bunny game there. Uh North Melbourne this week will be good for him as well. Then I'm starting to look at probably your Sam Walsh's and whether I or I'm going to, if I'm gonna hold off for a Zach Merritt slash parish. Where do you sit, Swiss? So, to Chris. Yeah,
0: so I've had a few questions already about this asking me about do you go parish? Do you wait for Merritt? Do you jump on Brayshaw now? He's at 550. Um, so they're all options. Um, Mills, ha, like I said, the percentage there, 3%, haven't had many questions about him so far. And I think the 670 is scaring people, um, but obviously his form's been fantastic. Uh, does have the Blues this week, which probably is scaring people off a little bit more. And I know the Swannies have the Ds in two or three weeks. So, yeah, that that's more of a, I can see why people are leaving that alone, Led his fixture, and I know Chris doesn't want us to talk about it because he's jumped on him and then wants him as <laughs> a pod. But uh, it's like he's got the Saints and the Cats this week. So, yeah, I, I still think he can score decent against them. You know, he's been scoring for fun anyway. Did score a 132 against the Saints last year. Um, score, he scored 120 against the Cats in the past. But it's his round 12, then the bye, and then he's – 10 games after that, which is why Leeds getting a lot of attention. So he's still going to play the Eagles and North twice. And then he's got the Suns, North, Hawthorne, and Collingwood in that. Um, it's as easy of a draw as you can get. And I'd go as far as not, it just as in a footy sense, say so Adelaide versus St. Kilda is a mini final this week. The Saints have a very tough draw coming on the run home. And they obviously missing their captain and best player steal. Where the Crows, if they were to win this week and that fixture, like they're gonna beat the Eagles and North both times. That that's a given. If they were able to beat Hawthorne, Collingwood and the Suns in that run home, all of a sudden they're actually in the contention for the eight. And that's so I think it's a big game this week. So if Lee can keep going that form and and be a match winner in that match, um, you know, they they could be onto something, and I think that'll even help his scoring because we we already talk about the percentage of the pie and they're gonna get a lot of pie in those games and then if they're you know in contention, um you know it's not gonna be like the normal resting that the some of these lower teams do. So um yeah, Laird's the, the number one for me. Um if you don't have track, I think you've got to get on track as well. Uh he just showed what he did again um against West Coast. He's gone 131 and 136 uh in the last three weeks. North Melbourne this week as well. Like, it depends. If North, if Melbourne kind of want to rock up at three-quarter time and still win the game, they probably could. But I think Petrarca, you yeah, know, he could run around at 45% this week and still rock up 120. Um, so, yeah, they, they've still got some, um, you know, friendly games. They do have a harder draw on the run home, but I don't think that's going to phase track. So I'd put track in there at two. Um, Took, uh, if, you don't, if you don't have Took, uh, I'd be... Looking at him, uh, you know, the 122, the 130, the 160 before that. So his three-game average is through the roof. Uh, what's he averaging? 137 over the last three games. So we we, we talked about what well, all of us were really keen on starting Took last year, inside ball magnet. The Suns are up and about. Uh, they've got a couple of really soft games after the Bulldogs with the Hawks and North, and I think they're both in Darwin. So they'll be slippery conditions, perfect for Took because the ball – Will be on the ground. He'll be laying tackles, um, yeah, you know, contested footy. So that's that's probably my third option in there. So I, I think it's as simple as Laird, Track, or Miller. Um, I, I had questions about Wines. Uh, I get the price, but I don't under really understand it when some like Brayshaw is only fifteen thousand more, and then you know just go up, you know, Petrakas like an extra thirty k. So if you don't have Track, just go get him. I can understand the Jack Sinclair talk um, if you need a defender and kind of who's going to take those points. So I don't mind that he comes into play. Uh, I like Dawson or, def- or someone like that. If you want to kind of if, – if you've already got sort of seven or eight defend, uh, midfielders, you might want to fix up one of your other lines. So I can understand that. Um, Josh Kelly's come up with, uh, because uh, as, as much as us boys don't um, – Always have a bit of a discussion about Kelly, but
2: no, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you there. Yeah. So, we're not talking about Josh fucking Kelly, we are, mate. Now
0: he's gone. What's you your know he's what's, gone 153 on, with, and 156? Two out of the last mate, three you're weeks. Coming up,
2: you're coming up talking about defenders here. What's your one, two, three for midfield? So I've given you my Was one, it,
0: two, three. It is Laird and track and Miller. And should we, and
2: no, no, Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly's out of this conversation. Mate, mate, Josh Kelly should be then, in that conversation. Then, then we move on and you give Chris his Yeah, turn. mate, I'll, give, mate, I'll give Chris. And,
0: and I'm just going to throw up one oh. last name just because it's been brought up to me and I fucking <laughs> – I can't believe it. And I just want to mention it because Chris is not going to mention it. Brad Crouch. But oh, no. oh. Mate, where's <laughs> the mute button? We need to
2: mute this guy. No, Tom Lynch. No, yeah, Tom no, but Lynch. in all
0: seriousness, yeah, hey, Hey, Chris, Blair you know what I just realized?
2: Swizz has become – since that, he's come out and talk about Tom Lynch is the best cash cow and steel – uh, not Steel, bloody Crouch. Mm-hmm. Swizz is the bombs of Supercoach Insider. I can't, wait.
0: I'm not recommending them. Oh, these oh. are the questions that were saved. Did you even see in the A League chat they were talking about, buddy Brad Crouch? That's so. Oh, you mean the chat in which
1: we are the number one ranked league? Is that the one?
0: Yes, we are the number did one, you one league. I know that, by the way. Yeah. And are, it's been talked about the... in the number one league. So we need to address. Wow. Oh. Yeah.
2: Shameless plug.
0: No, no, anyway. we need to plug it.
1: So <laughs>
0: you we go, do. Chris. Yeah, we so no they're league my league three, the mate. They're my three.
1: In, in thank,
2: thank you for holding, Chris. Right. Swooz has now given you your turn. You have your time
0: <laughs>
1: to shine. It's all right. I'm in a I'm in a um hotel, so I heard the elevator music. <laughs> um. Good, so look,
0: <laughs>
1: the first thing I will say is that that, that um I think Swizz is pretty much on the money with a a lot of what he said. I disagree with one of the picks, but I will get there. The problem is most of the good picks are all round. Again, I hate to harp on about it. I feel like I'm a broken record. They're all round 12. 13 guys, right? So no, if can, Yeah, if oh, you sorry, can yep. bring them in now, the thing, the thing with Steele going down is a lot of people who had him were already planning him around the fact that they were wanting had a round 12 guy. So trading that completely changed your buy structure this late in the piece it may not be viable. So a lot of people, therefore, are looking for either a round 12 to replace, do a direct replace, or looking to try and backload and to get the round 14 guys. Now, unfortunately, there's only two options in the round 14 mostly, and it's either uh, Petraka or uh, Brayshaw, um, both of which have their own issues If you round
0: 12, as in um, Kelly and Crouch.
1: I was going to talk about Kelly, but not that other douchebag that you so speak of. Um, So, yeah, let's talk uh, about Kelly. Go Chris. Let's, let's be honest and say that Brayshaw and Patrack are probably fighting for that sort of eight to 10 range. Are they your best picks? No. Do I, I personally think that Brayshaw has had his peak and he's heading back down. He's going to be averaging somewhere between 110 to 115 for the year. So, I don't think that he's a viable long-term option. Um, track, I think, is a decent option, which is what what I commended you on there. But if I'm looking at who I'm bringing to my team, I could I've got the option of track. I'm looking somewhere different. His name is Sammy Walsh, and you heard it here first. Four percent of teams, and there's a few reasons why. But I was waiting on Walsh. Obviously, he missed the was it the first round of the season? What do you what do you what injury you have or something? I don't know. He missed the first something the season um,
2: Moses, yeah. he missed the first few rounds
1: right so what we want to see him run he's been running he's running all over the park we also saw the first real game with all those Carlton midfielders in it and he killed them all he got 149 yes he's playing a little bit outside but it's not really affecting his scoring and if you have a look at his, his, his scoring this year it's actually quite ridiculous. So, uh, Bruce bringing it up on the screen here. So after round one, when yeah, yeah when in ninety, so everyone yeah. wrote him off. Um, but his lowest, he's had two scores under hundred, an eighty-nine and a ninety. And outside that's one twenty-four, one hundred and one, one hundred and twenty-eight, one hundred and six, one twenty-nine, one forty-nine. Like he's just, he's just classic Sam Walsh, right? He just knows how to get the football. Now, if you look to what's his upcoming fixture, it's a joke. So he's got Sydney, he's high, like, if you have a look at his high scores against all these teams, now remember, this is a guy that's played 69 games of AFL football and his lowest score, he's only got one score that's a low a low high score um, under 122 and that's against Melbourne, which he doesn't play until round 22. Everything else is 122 or above. His next three games, his high score against Sydney was 161. Collingwood, which he plays twice, he got his big 193 last year. He's then got Essendon and Richmond and then Frio. He's just, it's a it's a free run. Then he's got Saints and and West Coast. So the harder games don't come until um, he plays Geelong in round 18 and then uh, Brisbane and Melbourne back-to-back in 21 and 22. So Sam Walsh to me is a fantastic pick and he's also got that round 12. So if you want like for like buy-wise, I personally think he's the best pick. Um, in terms of the others available on that buy, the others is Darcy Parish, who's not a terrible option, but I'm also looking to trade into him. So he's a little bit more expensive, but I'm looking to trade into him from Raoul in round 13. Um, and the other one is Josh Kelly. Now, Josh Kelly, mate, take a straw poll and just see what happens. Honestly, I, I, he gets a 150 this week and it's fantastic. What happens to his role moving forward? It's a huge question mark. And unfortunately, I just don't have enough data or faith in the pick to be like, yep, that's the guy. But he's obviously, you know, 25 20 K cheaper. So if you trust in Josh Kelly over Sam Walsh, then then go for it. But yeah, me personally, I, I feel like there's not really much better that you can do than Sam Walsh at what's um I, I think he's just flat six hundred K. So a little bit more of a premium than someone like a track, but you get that consistency. Um and you've got a huge upside from a guy again who's only played sixty nine games of football and he's just he's a super coach jet. So I'm jumping on, jumping on the Walsh train, and I'll see you at uh, Fuck You Station in three weeks when everyone's going, oh, I've got to get Sam Walsh on the round 13 by Guarantee you that's what's going to happen.
2: Hey, Chris, who averages more for the rest of the year, Sam Walsh or Paddy Cruz?
1: <laughs> Ooh. Just to well, I Walsh mean, you. based on the, uh, the the new ruck roll of Patrick Cripps, Sammy Walsh. <laughs> Yeah, um right. no honestly uh, i want to touch on that this is a valid question just because it's a valid question it. because
2: now i'm a i'm i'm a non-owner right as in i don't have steel he was someone i was looking at around the buy anyway um it kind of ties in because i have rail still so that way i'm probably looking at a merit or a walsh if I can, uh, for rail on that buy round. Um, now, the reason I like lead. If you are a non-owner, if you have an upgrade possibility this week, I'm looking at bringing in lead because I honestly believe, out of all of the players there, based on price point, pay, based on scoring and low ownership, I think lead will probably be the heaviest mover premium this week. So I don't own him. I don't own steel, but I'm actually looking to upgrade and take nod. Um, and make a a pretty big move and pay up heavily to bring lead into my side because I feel as though a lot of other teams around that top sort of 5,000, et cetera, are trying to bring steel to lead this week. And I don't have an injury this week, so I'm looking at sort of matching that premium or also being one of those ones that jumps on him at a low percentage. So that's why I'm advocating is – I am trying to move heaven and earth to pay up for lead this Copy week gap. and use a boost to get lead because I am currently not in. Yeah. Well, mate, he's been, he's pods, been extremely bro. good and durable. He's...
1: Own, pick own body. Yeah.
2: Pick your own. <laughs> pod. No, I, there's been more data since when you picked him. and He's just been extremely consistent. What well, he's got a low of 116 um, since what he came in. So round three after that, he's been just banging on. Mate, he, he's just yeah, been banging on. Him. And he's yeah. someone that just keeps racking up the ball. Even against Brisbane, he just racked up. Can't stop him. Literally can't oh, stop Ed, him. Look, uh, I, I, will, I will talk
1: about him. I mean, he's, have you seen him dispose? He's the only one in that midfield that knows how to dispose the football properly. Like, they they cannot hit a target forward or center. Led gets the ball and he hits it on the tit every single time. And honestly, those forwards must look up, see it's Rory Led, and go, oh, listen now I'm going to get the footy. Honestly, it's it's that bad that their ball movement moving forward without Rory Laird it would just be pff, a whitewash. So that's why, like, ex and uh, one thing I've noticed with Laird more than I- previous years, he's exiting from the contest and delivery. You he a lot of the time he used to just hack kick forward, hack kick forward from midfield, and he looks like he's worked on his craft to be that explosive leaving the pack. He's also getting a lot more handball receives in midfield than he was. So I don't know if that's something he worked in his game, but one thing I noticed was when he first transitioned to midfield, a lot of his kicks from stoppages would be just hack kicks. And he's worked on getting the time and space outside to make sure he cleans up the disposal because we know he's a good kick. A little bit like how Zach Williams transitioned, like when he went into that midfield role, all of a sudden he forgot how to kick. It wasn't that. It was just he's under pressure and he thought he had to get, he didn't have the time that he did. And Rory Laird's worked out; he connects at the stoppage, and he can get a clean disposal, and it's really impacting himself moving forward. So that's why I think that combined with Sloan, obviously, out, um Crouch as well, I do think that he's going to be their number one scorer at the very least. But his um, disposal count is going to keep going up. So yeah, very good pick. I just, I just, I'm I'm a little bit butthurt that this steel injury happened, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh well, we'll just go to Rory Laird. Um, but, uh, well, I can't have him forever, mate. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be, it's going to be season. an
2: easy decision for people. Yeah. It's going to be an easy decision for people because he's only about 40,000 more. Um, speaking of that hat kick forward, I also call that the Jared Berry. <laughs> uh, I could not be more disappointed in yeah, Jared uh, Berry this year because he went from, and we've spoken about it. He went from dump kicks like, as in, I'm so rushed, I'm just going to kick it to nobody and it's Injective horrible. Yeah. And then he went to a, he went through a phase of, oh, I'm just going to hold on to the ball. I'm just going to hold on to the ball and wait for every option to pass up. And and the worst part is, is uh, shout out to Liam Clark as well, talking about the whole, everyone's been focused on Dane Zorko and how Coleman comes into the back line and how now Zorko's playing midfield. But what it's also done is it's also like fucked up Berry's role. Berry's not really getting inside as much yeah. into that midfield anymore because Zorko's in there. And Berry's also out of form. He's doing the team thing, but he's not actually dominating to the point where he had such a bad first half. They're like, oh, well, Dawson's playing free, so let's just send him to Dawson and try and shut him down. And his scoring was absolutely horrible. So if you'd not off him yet if you're not off Barry yet i suggest you get off him now because his role is not the same it's not to like oh he's playing midfield and wait for those 80s to come back again he is literally now taking it for the team and Zorko has kicked him out so get off him
1: yeah and just That's um just on spout. that guys i think we should <laughs> probably touch on um yeah you know, should you just trade max Gorn out this week i mean you know sam hayes is still there at like 250k you could just go Max Gorn all <laughs> the No, no takers, none at all. What about if Stranaka was coming I back? Hope, I
0: hope Stranaka misses <laughs> one more week, and then I can trade Hayes for Stranaka and just take Hayes's cash. But yeah, yeah, mate, um, you're in the perfect world. I think Hayes will play from R three after Gorn this week. For me. Plays a hundred percent forward. We want oh, can't if, it you're, if you're listening to this goodie you are playing north melbourne gorn, gorn does not need to leave the forward square put him in at the square play him 100% forward <laughs> this week so we can come back to chris next week and go unlucky chris we've got gorn as a forward
1: <laughs> or just well, let gorn go another be you know, 180. Um, pop well, or that,
0: something Wait, you'll get 180 playing for gorn forward. could
1: go real well with with jerry back this week no, nah, well, Cherry's back at, at, on, in the Rucks this week, apparently. So it's it's likely that he probably yeah. scores well just as a Ruckman. Um, so, it's yeah. Well, I, Gorn I don't know. LeGorn's obviously, Gorn again, we've... <laughs> it's also likely as well. Mate, it's criminal. Who knows? <laughs> it's more it's with Gorn. It's, I've noticed that his that scoring is name. completely... Sorry. Uh, with Gorn, it's his, his, his role in scoring is completely related 100% to his marking ability. Some nights, he's unstoppable. He can't he, he cannot drop anything. He takes contestant mark after contest mark and drops behind, takes contestant mark. And other nights, it's just like butter. And I have no idea. I couldn't I can't tell you why. But his mark obviously because of his lack of ruck time, his ability to mark the ball is really how he gets his points these days in the in the role that he's in now. So on nights when he just doesn't clunk him, he's not scoring. And that's the only thing. He's getting the right position, he's still playing the same role. He's he, you know, he could go big. The difference between going 140 and 80 is, is about four contested marks generally. So, yeah, yeah it's exactly. unfortunate. But that's what I've noticed with, yeah, with Max Gorn.
2: It also well, depends the team they're playing too. Well, because if a team goes around, if if a team's trying to go around the structure, do you know what I mean, then it's going to sort of bypass Gorn a little bit because they're trying to sort of you know open up, open side and go around. Whereas if teams are sort of dump kicking it down the line or they're under pressure and they're just kicking it out of a contest, then Max Gorn's going to eat it up every day of the week. So realistically, you're looking for crappy teams that don't want to try and switch, and he'll probably eat that up alive. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one to my, my watch. My plan,
0: Ben, on that is um, in two weeks, I'll put Gorn forward and Patrick Cripps into the ruck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds that. good. It, it solves everyone's problem. Oh,
0: like, uh, what was Fossey thinking? Just on a footy note, what... What was Vozie thinking putting their best player and most injury prone player in the friggin' ruck?
1: Wasn't I it for one
0: though, or was it all his, around uh, the ground? Crips. I saw him do a couple of contests at half forward. And I'm like, and I was yeah, watching I think Cruces, they're trying to do that whole event.
1: Yeah, they're trying to get like um get yeah. Crips to be that Tom Hawkins style ruck for, at, the, at the contest in the forward line so he can try and body up against the other opposition ruckman but I just don't think that's going to work. big Cripps is a big guy but he's not Tom I Auken's think it big. was
0: because they didn't have um, anyone
1: else. Anyway there's also that. So the, this begs the question guys with forms, um, Gorn's drop in form obviously he's going to be coming back into the fray and a lot of people's teams over the buys. I think you would probably better off to just grab him whenever but He's no longer the number one ruck, right? I think Wits has overtaking him this season at least. Um, where do you sit on, if you had Bruce, who you probably won't sell as long as he stays in the park, who are you bringing in?
2: Um Well, Chris, you're breaking up your We're Wi-Fi as a Parramatta in general, so um, <laughs> it's a they, little I bit... I think they're coming sorry, for man. you. A little bit all over the place. Geez, there he is. He's pretty much in the movie Pixels. You're in the movie Pixels, mate. Um, and that's why as in, this has been a little bit challenging as far as, you know, the delay and obviously Chris using some kind of Bluetooth technology that I'm not quite aware of.
0: The it's,
2: <laughs> Hopefully this sounds much better in the aftermath and all the editing and everything like that. But, His um, question was, it, but
0: what would you do? Like if you don't have Gorn, you can wait for him. Like his break even's two twenty one now. There is a chance he could go massive against North. He's done it before, but I expect him um, around that sort of. The problem is he's got the last buy, but he's going to drop. He's definitely going to drop some cash, and you might have they'll pick him up. Um, you know, well, what's he at the moment? Six thirty nine. So you could be looking as low as say maybe a five fifty, depending on how he goes the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's something to think about for non owners. Uh, and then you've got. Uh, like Wits, well done to everybody who started Wits And fuck, I still regret trading him a minute before the uh, Supercoach season. But yeah, because he's flying as the number one. There's no real other clear ones. Sean Darcy with 51 on the weekend. Riley O'Brien getting dropped. Um, so we're kind of looking at Tim English, see how he comes back. But realistically, yeah, for me at the moment... I don't have wits, so Proust is kind of fine as an R2. Like, I'm happy for Proust to just sit there as R2, and if if you've got wits, well, fine. Keep wits as your R1, and and if you don't have Gorn, well, then consider that as like maybe your last upgrade.
2: Mate, this is going to be perfect. It's the reverse of last it week is. at this point in time, Chris is going to have the wasted yeah. <laughs> across the screen. So we'll, we'll wrap it up here and um, we will relay the VC and C options. I think boys, I think we've been extremely thorough as far as the different scenarios in which that's kind of playing for this week. Now VC and C for the week, it's going to be an interesting one because, and for once boys, Carlton actually played nice and early, which is wonderful with this new fixture. So you've got, Carlton and City nice and early, so you've got a nice opportunity. If you have a Mills to throw a VC on, or if you have a Crips, you can throw a VC on quite nicely. Um, then you or can also even go McRae and, you know, took in sort of the second game of the round, 150 on a Saturday or 145 on a Saturday. Now, More you've got your ben. Max Max Gorn and Clary on the Saturday afternoon, and then you've got Neil against the Hawks, who could absol- absolutely pull a, a Callum Mills, and go extremely big. So, what do you think it's with VC and this week? The
0: more importantly is the Hawks, who are the ones that seem to be the loopholes, uh, the ones playing on the um, on the Sunday. So, it gives us a lot more options. Um, I think a couple of people are carrying some West Coast players in in Howell, and then I think I've seen Mitchie Owens pop up still in some um, in some teams, and they play Saturday night. So, um, where the last couple of weeks our loophole options have been sort of that first or second game on the Saturday. Um, yeah, we're, I think a lot of teams are going to have a lot of flexibility this week. Uh, so I, like, in a contested game against the Swans, it could, could go very well, uh, but I'd kind of, I'm, I'd am i rather go the fresh kill. I think um, Oliver Petrarca versus North, uh, or I don't mind the idea of Took up in Ballarat, just because it's probably going to be I don't know if there's actually predicted rain, but just the way games always seem to be played at Ballarat, they seem to be a bit more contested than that. But I still think I will go either Oliver or um, or Petrarca at North and then back Neil in against the Hawks. I was there watching Neil's do it um, down at Tassie. And I think Neil, well, well we know what Neil can do. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's the way to go there.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And Niels generally he goes, you know, 115 or more anyway. So I quite like him as a captain option because generally his baseline is quite good. McRae as a C, we've already seen him drop a couple of 90s. So I know McRae can do extremely well. Um, Cripps after his last, the bad game last week, I expect him to do quite well. I don't think there's anyone at Sydney that can really stop him either. If he you know, he's a big sort of contested inside midfielder. I wouldn't mind seeing JPK kinda of turn back the clock and sort of play a contested style and try and put a bit of body on Crips because he's someone that I feel like could not match it with him, but would quite like some of the tough in and under sort of work and putting the heat on. Um, Mills has done it well before with Dangerfield, but I think you know, Crips is just bigger, taller, stronger, and better at contested balls. Yeah. So
0: Mills Mills, I actually think Hewitt goes straight to him. Um played against each other or played with each other for a long time. Uh, so Hewitt would probably know Mills better than anyone. So would not be surprised first bounce. And then you could see possibly Mills trying to free himself up by going to grips. Um, so I think that's how it probably plays out where um, we've talked in the past about McRae as a VC option up in Ballarat. Um, he had his, he had a really poor score last time they played up there early in the year. But before there, I think he averaged about 150, 155 in Ballarat. So um yeah, he's he's the sort of guy that, you know, he gets up there for whatever reasons those conditions suit him and yeah, he could have an absolute field day. But I still like, you know, Melbourne versus North Melbourne. It's I um it could be a case where like North well, Melbourne kind of went through third and fourth gear for half that game against West Coast and still won by twelve goals. But the fact of the matter is, you're not gonna do that every week like they they had their they had kind of they've gone to Perth They had an easy game. They rolled through the motions and still won this week. They come back home. They'll probably want to get up and about. And I could probably see them doing some real damage to uh, North Melbourne and that all the, hopefully for the North fans out there, they put up a bit of a fight, but even Gorn, as you said, said first, Cherry, but Petrarca, Oliver, I think you've got to have one of them either as your VC or your captain.
2: Yep. That's pretty much how I'm sitting now. I, unlike some other people, I don't even have a real loophole this week. So I'm actually considering Mm -hmm. being a little bit more, well, it's at the point of the year where you've got all these awesome premiums that you kind of want a loophole and I don't have one. I don't have, well, previously I traded out Mead because they played first and Port Adelaide kept playing first. So that's sort of shifted now, I think. So I'm actually contemplating doing something a little bit different. Oh, they play second. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about actually trading in a loophole because I've got that many trades. I've got 20 trades. I've done really well. I had Proust on my starting field, et cetera. So I'm actually thinking about trading in a loophole player and then just knowing the fact that that should help buy me. But it's only two more weeks. Was it 10, 11, and then 12? So I've got two weeks. Do I just – what do you think, Swiss? Do I risk it and do I get a loophole or do I just try – I
0: don't know. Maybe one of the sons, if they don't get named in Tispus or um, Elijah Hollins, I've got to make their debut at some point. They're, They're doing really well in the knee fall um tyler sonsy from richmond's another one to look at if he doesn't get named this week he's been doing really well in the vfl so if you're bringing in one of those guys you want somebody who is more than likely to make their debut in the next few weeks which yeah so track some of that needful vfl form not needful, these days vfl form um the other the other oh and the other thing i'll say before we go in that um i think i went for about 50 minutes last week sorry for the uh the drag on for my my weekly pod but I had so many questions; it was fantastic. So um, I might try to limit it to twenty this week, than that. But, uh, but a lot of the questions are similar, and I try to cover it. So if anybody has any questions, feel free. Super Coach Insider one hundred or Swiss twenty six, and I've been trying to do it on a Thursday night as the teams come out to make it a bit more relevant. And uh, yeah, feel free to send me the questions, and we'll go through them.
2: Yep, I agree. And pretty much the best response is go check out our bloody weekly podcast, You Inconsiderate Prick.
0: <laughs> and that's the
2: best way to kind of hit them up. So, hey, mate, we've covered it. And uh, I'm not going to spoon feed you. If you don't pay the attention, you don't pay the price, mate. So um, are you talking about keeping it to 20 minutes or 20 questions? No, I'm to keep it to
0: 20 questions. And that, But hopefully 20, 20 questions. questions. But hopefully 20 questions will mean 20 minutes. About a minute a question.
2: Mate, the way you go on, oh, it's like no. two minutes That's probably why it was
0: 50 minutes last week.
2: Probably mm-hmm. then you because you, you answer the question and you're like, Oh, what a great point. and then yeah, you kind of that's right. elaborate.
0: Sometimes you, you can't help it. There's some good anyway, questions. There.
2: Oh, there is very much some good questions. And look, it is a tri- tricky time of year, so I appreciate it. Even the question I put up today on Twitter, man, there's so many responses to it, which is absolutely crazy. Um, YouTube again keeps absolutely popping off and getting more views, more time. Than the audio platforms at the moment, which is absolutely ridiculous for us as well. And speaking about ridiculous, so we just put our little thing, saying, "Hey, everyone, like, what do you think about for this week?" And um, there was just ex- so many comments. Uh, I can't even comprehend uh, how many. So what was it? What was your biggest super coach? Um, what's your biggest super coach dilemma this week? Forty-seven comments.
0: Yeah, uh, ridiculous. I appreciate there, you. Um, if you're if you're a listener to us, feel free to jump on and comment on other people's questions and that. Like that's what the Supercoach community is about. And you know, between us all, you can get a really good discussion going. That's what we have in our group chats, our as we said, not to brag, but our league's number one, because we pose these questions and between us and supercoach Mama and George and some of the other but Ben uh, who this you know been very successful in Supercoach between us, we kind of work out the issues that we're having from our teams and that and get more data and, and, and you know, facts because of that. So, yeah, it's um it's important to lo- rely on each other and that because there's, sometimes there might be something you've missed and somebody out there might go, actually, no, have you thought about this? So, you yeah, know, definitely yep. reach out for each other and, yeah. And well, we- even the
2: even the Boku scenario, where I was pretty much considering going him and then Chris is talking about, well, obviously the tools at West yep. Coast, et cetera. And that's pretty much what we do in the chat group where you say, hey, I'm thinking about this person. Um, yeah, unless that's are t- you know, talking about, oh, like, hey, I'm going Brad Crouch mm-hmm. and everyone just shits mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you, that, right. you, Cause they do get carried away. Like, you know, some groups are like you yeah, always have those mates that are just carried away about mm-hmm. value. Like oh this person all oh, this person and then pretty much they were pretty quick to be like mate we're first come on now we're coming first as a league overall don't go doing stupid stuff right now so you know um, you know
0: I, I keep saying to him about Abdul being seventh he's gonna probably do it this week and watch Crouch come out and do another one forty and be like
2: Abdul, why do we jump on the fucking Abdul crouch? will win Abdul will
0: win overall he will and I'm, am, he'll be can, in Crouch can. and he'll win overall watch it happen. Uh,
2: I am convinced that he's got some kind of forecasting situation where he's done this before and he just knows all the right moves to make because every single decision he makes is literally rolled in gold. So uh, not too impressed. Um, that's it from us, everyone. SC insider 100. Don't forget. um, the insider 100 on manscape.com. Get your 20% off and free shipping. Uh, also check out splash vodka.com.au. Go check them out as well. And also like subscribe, give us some love on the YouTube as well. Really loving the appreciation. Time spent is um, money earned.
0: Yep, And, and go out and get a beanie too, guys, and that support the charity. The uh, big freeze is coming up in a, two or three weeks, I think, or it might be three weeks, so definitely get and a was wearing
2: was wearing his beanie. I had to break mine out. It was right next to me from last year, so I bought Chris one last year. I wonder if he'll buy me one back. Probably not the cheap <laughs> bastard. So that's it from us. Uh, lots of love. We'll talk to you soon. Thursday, I believe, we'll get out there with our, our individual teams once the teams are announced check it out. I think all of us are a little bit different strategies, different teams. So I think it's a good way for people to check out, especially this time of the year saying, hey, well, what's his team looks like? What's his strategy look like based on his team? And that's why I like how all three of us do it individually. We don't um, collaborate that. We pretty much just get on there, talk about our teams and it's very much individual. So go check that out and get those likes in there and uh, follow our journey.
0: That Sounds good, mate. And always good to be here. See you later.
2: Thanks, Swizz. I look forward to reusing the Wasted um, logo and uh, putting that on Chris's face this week. That's it from us.
1: Thanks, guys. Boy. The C is for the courage I possess through the trauma. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And
0: the N is necessary, because I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how how I did it? I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry I-